0: Listening to SBS on the Money
1: with Ricardo
0: Gonsalves.
1: It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Friday, the 9th of June, 2023. Uh, Later, we speak to one of the economists who says there is an increasing chance of a recession here in Australia as interest rates continue to climb. But first, to the record number of Australians with more than one job. The Bureau of Statistics says in the March quarter 974,000 people had multiple jobs. For more details, I spoke with Christy Jones. She is a senior economist at Equity Economics. So Christy, the number of people holding multiple jobs is at a record high. What do you think is behind that?
2: Well, the number of people holding multiple jobs has been increasing in recent years. But now with cost of living pressures, this has been amplified and more and more people are we're required to get a second job just to make ends meet. We've got increased mortgage payments, increased rent payments, and price increases for just everyday essentials. And people are needing to find a second job just to just to have enough money to meet their daily needs.
1: What do you think this says about where the economy is? I
2: think we're in a position where large increases to living costs mean people are finding it really, really tough. And as we have further increases to interest rates, it's only going to get worse. Recent increases to the minimum wage and awards are really positively received, but wage race has been really low um, in, in, for a long time, and the cost of living is just outpacing um, wage growth and people just can't come up, uh, keep up. I think it's it's also indicative of shifts in the labour market more, more generally towards less secure, um, non-traditional full-time work, where you've got rise of gig economy, more casual work, and people just need to take out secondary jobs to give them that confidence that they're going to have money coming in week to week. Not only that they're going to have the amount of money they need, the wages, but the, the hours they need is going to be there. I think we really need to look at what's contributing uh, to inflation and, and jobs insecurity, such as this week's OECD report that showed that corporate profits have a lot to, to lot to answer for. We can't simply keep blaming um, our most vulnerable and blaming households expecting them to take on more work or get a higher income.
1: Looking at the data that was out today, is there a trend given where people are working, these multiple jobs? Yeah, so
2: um, secondary jobs are most common in industries that have lower paid workers, that have lower job security, a higher proportion of women workers or young workers. So um, industries such as um, food and accommodation, healthcare and social assistance, um, administrative support, the same people who are most impacted by um, rising living costs.
1: And women are also, as you mentioned, more likely to hold multiple jobs than men. Why do you think that so, is?
2: I think there's a combination of factors. The first is what we've already spoken about, that wages are often lower in industries where women make up a larger proportion of the workforce. So those administrative um, services, health services. Um, and, and when wages are lower, people just need to take on a secondary job to be able to make meet those li- living costs. The second reason is because women often take on more caring roles. Um, So they're more responsible for young children. They're more responsible for sick or or elderly parents. And unfortunately, there aren't a lot of jobs around that cater for that. Our labour market isn't set up to give people that flexibility around work. So then being able to have to take on multiple jobs just to be able to match their working hour needs um, to the to balance um, with the jobs that they have, I think. More and more people are having to take on a second secondary job is really indicative of how much people are struggling right now. And we really need to take a deeper look at who is bearing the cost of um, inflation and of um, our, our economy, the, the problems in our economy right now. And is that the kind of society that we really want to be um, to live in?
1: Christy Jones there, Senior Economist at Equity Economics. Now, it might get even tougher for families and for mortgage holders because uh, HSBC is the latest bank to lift its interest rate expectations. It now expects to see a peak cash rate of 4.35%. We're currently at 4.1%. But it also says there is a risk of rates reaching 4.6% and that could really tip Australia into a recession. For more, I spoke with Paul Bloxham. He is the Chief Economist at HSBC. So, Paul, you've now revised your expectations of peak interest rates to 4.35% with the risk of 4.6%. Why?
3: Well, the RBA has already lifted rates a bit further and indicated that they are likely to have to do a bit more. They're very focused on this idea that although the pickup in wages growth so far has been reasonably modest, productivity growth is so weak that we can't even necessarily afford the pickup in wages growth we've seen, and that that might deliver more sustained, sticky inflation. And so we think for that reason, they'll lift interest rates further.
1: At 4.6%, let's take your your the riskier side of things, at 4.6%, could that tip Australia into a recession and why?
3: Well, our assessment is that even at 4.35, after one more move, The chances of recession are then 50 percent, 50-50 in our view. Uh, It really will stall the economy. And, And keep in mind, that's exactly what the RBA is trying to do. They're trying to slow the economy right down, slow the consumer right down, because that's the way that you get inflation to come down. So, yes, if they go past that, I think the risk would rise even further that we might tip into a recession.
1: Okay, um, the RBA has consistently been talking about um, lifting interest rates but staying on this narrow path, right? But if we tip into a recession, what are the outcomes for the economy and, and how will the average person feel it?
3: Well, the main way we define this is if GDP starts to fall and it falls for two consecutive quarters, that's what a technical recession is. But the way, main way that we feel it in the economy is through the labour market. Uh, when activity starts to weaken in that sort of way, we see a slowdown in jobs growth and the unemployment rate starts to rise. And that, of course, puts a lot of pressure on, on households. So that's one of the ways that it works. Uh, of course, another is that higher interest rates put a lot of pressure on mortgage holders and that squeezes their ability to be able to spend, which is exactly part of the mechanism for slowing the economy and getting inflation down.
1: The Prime Minister, while acknowledging that some families are doing it quite tough now amid rising interest rates and inflation, was quite optimistic about the Australian economy in a speech today, and he also highlighted Australia's geographical position in the world for some of his optimism. What do you think?
3: I think that's certainly true in the medium term. We've got a good geographical position. We've got another feature as well, strong population growth. This is a positive for Australia. But at the moment, I'd say the primary challenge is inflation is too high and the economy needs to slow to deal with that. And then, of course, the other factor is that productivity growth in the economy is very weak, and that's something that policymakers really ought to be focused on.
1: Okay, so in wrapping everything up then, how does fiscal and monetary policy have to work together to, to um, uh, I guess, navigate this path to a potential recession?
3: Well, in the first instance, we need to make sure that fiscal policy is not stimulating the economy, that we're not delivering any net spending. If there is more spending, we should find a way to offset it with cuts elsewhere or tax rises. We shouldn't be delivering more support from the fiscal side. And what we also ought to be very focused on is any measure we can deliver on the fiscal side that is going to lead to a lift in productivity growth. This is a primary focus. We need more reform to lift productivity growth. Otherwise, we won't be wealthier in the future.
1: Paul Bloxham there, the Chief Economist at HSBC. Now, Market Day on the SBS on the Money podcast. Well, the Australian share market did rally despite those fears of a recession here in Australia. By the close, the S&P ASX 200 uh, rose 0.3%, 7,122. For more, I spoke with the Chief Investment Officer of Oriana Financial, Isaac Paul. Isaac, what's driving the market higher today?
0: We're seeing this rally really on the back of what's happened in the US overnight. Last night uh, we had a little bit of weaker economic data, and it was a case of bad news is good news again for the US market, and and that's followed through into uh, into the Australian times this uh, this day.
1: More economists are now predicting a a, a higher. Peak in interest rates than we earlier thought. Today, CBA, HSBC changing their forecasts to four point three five percent, with a risk to it going to four point six percent. What's the market thinking, and what does it mean for shares?
0: Yeah, that, that's right. The RBA has really turned a little bit more hawkish recently, and the market has priced in another rate hike coming in in the next couple of months. But it's still expecting rate cuts at the uh, at the end of this year, and I think that's reasonable. The RBA has got rates to very restrictive levels. That is going to drive growth slower. They could really risk driving a recession down the throat of Australian ha- households. And that's going to be a challenge for the economy and for markets.
1: What does it mean for the banks uh, in particular? Because we've seen the RBA lift interest rates on on um, Tuesday. Um they're also taking their time in passing on this rate rise uh, to their mortgage holders, especially um, Westpac, firstly, on, on the Tuesday, immediately after the RBA decision, it said, hey, we'll pass on these rate rises by June the 20th. Only today, that's three days later, we heard from ANZ and the Commonwealth Bank, but they're actually lifting it or putting it into effect earlier than uh, Westpac on June the 16th. So what does it mean for the banks?
0: I, th- I think we're going to see all of the rate hikes that come from the RBA passed on. They're probably just giving a little bit of time there perhaps to gauge what's going to happen with this mortgage clip that we all know about. It's, it's been on the cards for some time, but we're only going to start to see that roll off over the couple, next couple of months. So there might be a bit of caution in passing it on immediately, but if those, if the RBA hikes again, it will be passed on. That will be painful for households in Australia.
1: We saw a jump in US jobless claims. Um, there are signs the US too may be headed for a recession, yet shares are climbing ahead of the US federal decision on interest rates next week. What's your take on what's happening there at the moment?
0: Yeah, the the, the Fed has hiked so quickly, so aggressively, the economy is clearly slowing. And I think those initial jobless claims are something to watch very carefully. If They keep drifting higher. It's a sure sign that we are heading for recession. That said, I think the Fed's going to hike next week. They have a really hawkish bias. They want to get rates higher. They want to control inflation. I don't see any reason for them to wait till July. The rate hike is coming, and that is introducing real downside risk to the US economy and the global economy.
1: So, given global interest rates are still rising, where are the opportunities for investors at the moment?
0: It's really a good opportunity now for investors to move their portfolio to less risky assets. and, And there, we're looking at shorter dated government bonds. We see yields are high in the US. We see yields are high in Australia. Take that opportunity, lock in some income, lock in some downside protection, build some robustness, build some resilience in your portfolio ahead of uh, the real risk of recession, which could materialize in the next six to nine months. This is the time to act now.
1: Oh, Isaac Poole there from Oriana Financial.